I really enjoy making music and I find it magic. Like I don't really take responsibility for it. Like when I make a tune and it sounds like an actual tune and, you know, grown up, it baffles me that I've managed to do that. Hello listener, my name is V, the voice of Pod, and I am the host of Podcaster. Podcaster is a show where I ask podcast creators a number of random questions. Then they give spontaneous, open and honest answers about life and the podcast they have created. Hello Podcaster. Hello there. Thanks for having me. Please introduce yourself and your podcast to our listeners. Hello, uh, I'm Jake Yap, and uh, I host a podcast called uh, Vegan Life. Uh, it's uh, an offspring of Vegan Life magazine, and it's uh, but, but stay with me, stay with me. Um, it, it's it's not just for vegans. Uh, it's really just uh, a podcast that's about food um, and new exciting ways to cook it. It just happens to be plant-based food, right? But the fact that there's no, you know beef in there or whatever doesn't mean it's not interesting i promise it's still it's still you eat vegetables don't you everyone eats chips thank you for joining us jake how are you today <laughs> i'm all right thanks um i'm i'm about to go and it's not very vegan is it? i'm gonna go and massacre some wildlife i hope the garden the grass is now about five feet high and i i'm sort of the opposite I'm sort of inadvertently rewilding my garden and I, I don't I don't want that I want I want it dead I want everything dead it's so unvegan oh god are you ready yes definitely no kidding <laughs> great let's begin where did the idea behind your podcast come from it came from the fact that there are quite a lot of podcasts out there about veganism, um, but most of them are sort of kind of uh, let's sit around the fire and talk about our, our vegan journey and hold each other and cry. And and actually very little of it focuses on the food, which for me, that was the revelation about going vegan about 10 years ago was that um, I, I remember saying for years before I could never go vegan. I mean, it's just joyless, isn't it? Um but actually, I've never enjoyed food or cooking or kind of playing and experimenting with food so much. And I I made the podcast I wanted to listen to. Um, it's, I don't know if you, there's a show called Kitchen Cabinet on Radio 4. Jay Rayner hosts it. And it's sort of like a top gear for food. And it, it's kind of a bit like that. It's quite playful and irreverent. God, these are awful words to use, aren't they? Um I have a very bad attitude to tempeh. Like if, if, you're, if you're toying with the idea of veganism, please don't start with tempeh. It's like, it's the worst thing ever. Um, so uh, that was the idea was that, you know, I'd get together some really good vegan chefs and we'd all kind of swap tips and tricks and ideas for things to do to, to, to make food more exciting and interesting, apart from tempeh, which should just be binned. What do you hope people take away from listening to your podcast? A sense of um, fun in terms of experimenting with food and the idea that, uh, that there are so many new things you can do out there. I, I, I kind of got stuck in a bit of a rut. I think everybody does, don't they? You end up with about four things that you cook on rotation. 
and you sort of think, well, there isn't anything else. How can there be anything else? Um, so I hope that people kind of come away thinking, yeah, I want to try. I want to try. I want to try that new mad thing they talked about on that podcast. And you know, if they happen to eat more plant-based food, that's great. But it's 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 not mandatory. You can you can still massacre a pig if if you need to for your lunch if you if you want. <laughs> it's very passive aggressive, isn't it? How ambitious are you? I'm very I'm very ambitious. Very ambitious. I mean, that you would think that experience would have driven that down a little bit, uh, and maybe you'd scale back the ambition to to suit the actual real world data that you've been presented with over three decades of working. But um, no, I, I have great hopes, particularly for this podcast. I, I think it, it it could and should do really well. Um, and you know, any vegan that tells you that they're not secretly trying to recruit you to veganism is lying. And I also think that most vegans should just shut their mouths um, because by and large, we're, we're awful ambassadors for veganism. So I, I think that before you can even remotely talk about veganism, you need to have been pre-approved by a council of me. So yes, my ambition is to convert at least half of the Western world to veganism. There you go. <laughs> With a podcast. What was your favourite toy growing up? Oh, what a great question. I had a Nintendo Game & Watch Donkey Kong. I got it for, I think, my 10th birthday. It was a little orange clamshell thing about the size of a mobile phone. It had an LCD display. And I p could probably still do the first level. I mean, there's only one level, right? Because you just do the same thing over and over again. You jump the barrels and you run to the top and you pull a lever. That's it. Um, but I could do the first level with my eyes closed. I'd done it so many times. And if you, and every time you did it, I think you scored about, I don't know, like 20 points. And once you got over 999 points, it, and, you, and if you hadn't lost a life, it would flash and you'd score double. And I, I racked up thousands. And you couldn't save it. So it was in one sitting you had to do that. I played that game over and over and over and over and over again. Reality or fiction? Reality. As unpalatable as it often is, I've, I've increasingly found it quite hard to engage in fiction, and I want to. But I, I've sort of become not a news junkie, but, you know, I mean, it's a soap opera, isn't it, really? It's just that it's a, it's a soap opera with terrible consequences. Um... So yeah, I used to, I I used to be very into fiction, but I, I I I think now I I'm into reality. Even though you know reality these days is the oceans on fire and the northern hemisphere is on hemisphere is on fire and will be on fire soon. Uh, uh, I'd rather know. I may go back to fiction soon. Actually, having said that, what has been one of the most interesting things you've learnt in one of your episodes? That you can ferment almost anything. Uh, most of the fermentation I'd done prior to launching this podcast uh, was sort of inadvertently done in yogurt pots in the back of my fridge, and I don't, I don't recommend that kind of, and and also unwashed 
box shorts but um you you can there there's nothing you can't ferment so um uh, i don't know if you've ever tried tofu well you haven't because you're like a virtual thing but uh you know a lot of people shy away from tofu vegans like to use like you mash it up and fry it with maybe some onions and stuff um and it's a, it's a good substitute for scrambled eggs but this one chef he took it to the next level where he he took chickpea flour and you add water to it and then you just leave it for like three to five days, like at room temperature, and it ferments. And then you add that to your tofu scramble and it's kind of omelette and it has this weird eggy flat. I've lost you, haven't I? I've lost you. I knew, I knew, I knew. I mean, you know, saved you a lot of time, haven't I, talking about that now? But yeah, you can ferment anything, man. When was the last time you did something you didn't enjoy just to impress somebody? Well, hello there. <laughs> I mean, almost constantly. I think, I think for me that was the essence of of stand up when I did stand up. I, I don't, I don't, haven't done stand up for for years, and I, I, I've only ever done it quite sporadically. And I think people could tell that I'm sort of a fraud. My face would always be saying, "Hey, it's great to be here," and my eyes were saying, "A, no, it's not," and B. Just look away because this is worthless. You know, like when someone's angry with you and they get that sort of hot, flushed look on their face and it's quite hard to look at. Like it's sort of intimidating and it just the sort of shape of their mouth is almost like a crying shape and it's very uncomfortable. I think that's probably the shape I make when I'm doing stand up. So that that's 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 probably it. It's not that I don't enjoy stand up. It's just the the nagging fear that. Everyone's just silently wishing I would go away. Do you believe in second chances? I absolutely, fervently, adamantly do. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, that's a sort of quite a serious question in a way. Um, I do, I do believe people should be given another chance. I believe in uh, rehabilitation. I believe it's, it's the only way forward, really. You know, if you can't make a mistake and learn from it, well, what hope is there for humanity? And I, I think that if you if there isn't such a thing as a second chance, then no one will ever admit to making a mistake because they're too terrified of the consequences. Um, so, and I think it's really important to do that, especially if you're parenting. I think very few parents ever apologize for getting something wrong. And, you know, every parent does. And, you know, if, if you do get it wrong, have the grace and the strength to apologize to your kid and say, you know what, I'm sorry, I think I got that wrong. Um, and they'll probably give you a second chance, but they're programmed to do that, aren't they? They have to love you. Poor sods. What's the most trouble you've ever been in? <laughs> I love that question. The thing that immediately springs to mind, I was a really good kid at school, like a painfully good child at school. Um, Never got in trouble, never got in detention, never got an order mark. Like I was so good. Um, and I remember my English teacher who sort of, I, I sort of became friends with my English teacher. And she, she one day said, I'm going to send you to the link. And the link was where you went if you was a naughty boy. Um, she said, I'm going to send you there just so you can experience it because otherwise you'll never experience it. And I think you should. And she, she sent me to the link and I showed up and the sort of duty teacher that was in there was like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> but anyway, so I was this painfully good kid and 
there was a concert, but it was a very low key concert in the music department of my school. And me and my friend, uh, Gareth P. Jones, who is now a successful children's book writer, uh, we were sort of the compares. And our big finale was uh, I did a sort of parody Muddy Waters blues song, you know, banana, no, no. Woke up this morning and I sang it, but it was an impression of the headmaster. And um, unbeknownst to me, both he and his wife were there. Uh, it was just for sort of a few parents. It was in a classroom. It wasn't in the school hall or anything. He he was there. And first his wife walked out while I was singing the song. And then he walked out. And I learned that afterwards. I mean, everyone was having a great time laughing. And then the next day I was summoned to his office. And I was walking along the corridor. And it's like a private corridor to his office that you're not allowed to walk down. And I could feel my diaphragm was so tight I, I literally couldn't breathe I was sort of panicking so hard and um, to his credit I think he knew he knew that I would be freaking out about it and he he was kind of pretty cool about it I mean that's mainly because my mum was a parent governor and he was terrified of my mum <laughs> so everyone's terrified of my mum but uh, he said um, I, d- I don't know what your mother th- thought about that and, and, and I don't I don't want to know I thought, yeah, but you don't, mate. But yeah, that was that was that was pretty up there. Oh, that and that time I killed that pensioner with a hammer. Apart from your own, what podcast would you suggest our listeners subscribe to? Well, this I struggle with this a little bit because it's not really a podcast. It's literally just the audio off a TV show. So strictly speaking, it's not really a podcast, and I want to sort of support other people who are making podcasts and and god knows they need they need the support um but <laughs> um the the show that i listen to daily is the rachel maddow podcast from msnbc um her, she's just extraordinary this woman if you if you don't know she does like a a one hour long nightly show on msnbc in the states and um, I saw her interviewed once, um, I think on uh, the uh, Stephen Colbert show. And he was like, how do you do what you do? And she said, I get into work, I write 9,000 words, and then I read them out. And that's what she does. So they are these incredible, forensic, in- phenomenally well-researched uh, sort of pieces they're sort of like columns but just so engaging and she'll go into a whole backstory and um like for example the day that uh what's his name died oh who's that old horrible man i can't remember oh this is no point in telling you all of this i've, I've absolutely got no idea who i'm talking about <laughs> oh god what's his name no absolutely gone God, he was like a really famous, long-serving politician. For God's sake. Anyway, her. I just find her to be a really compelling listen. She's she's very witty and quick, and uh, yeah, I, I'd recommend that. And I'm sorry to all the podcasters. I should be saying listen to this podcast, but I listen to that. Is the truth. You're up next on karaoke. What song have you picked? Absolute no-brainer. Um, Just the Way You Are by Billy Joel. I um, 
I used to work in production at uh, the BBC at Radio 4 and then at Radio 2. And in one night, I won at the BBC Club. I won, I won Best Karaoke. I won Best Dancer. And I was then asked to leave the dance floor as I could be a danger to myself and others, uh, which is quite an achievement. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if you know it. I think Barry White did a, a cover of it. I was going to say Barry Cryer. His singing something else, isn't it? Um, but uh, I love you just the way you are. But you can do a real crooner thing. You can do all the mic technique. You know, where you hold the mic away. Uh, there's a saxophone solo when it comes back in. Um, you can do this really long kind of ah, as you sort of crescendo the microphone towards your mouth. Don't want clever conversation. Um, but you're sorry you asked now. Do you control your emotions or do they control you? I absolutely completely control my emotions. And I kind of wish I didn't sometimes. Um, I wish I was better at not doing that. But I, I default to um, stopping, internalizing and then processing. So, you know, if you're in the middle of some kind of heated emotional exchange of some kind, I will, I will not, I will kind of stop. And then in my head, I'll kind of game what my next response would be and then what all the possible consequences of that might then be. So I'm kind of doing a flow chart in my head of if I say this, you know, how will they react? Will it be this, this or this? And how would I then manage that? And it sort of cascades in my head. Um, I, I hate myself for that. I wish it could be more in the moment. Um, and I never get angry, but I do. But it takes a lot. And I usually give people fair warning. I say, OK, look, you know, I'm about to get really angry. So it's up to you. We can kind of go on and there will be that consequence or we can stop. Uh, and if people kind of go on, then I'm like, OK, well, I did. I warned you. And now I'm going to unleash merry hell on you. And then I will lose it. <laughs> Oof. Where is your happy place? Donald Rumsfeld. That was his name. Yeah, he lived he lived on a place called Misery Hill and it was like a famous place for slavery. And she told that whole backstory to the it was really, really interesting. Anyway, I'll answer this question now. My happy place. <sighs> Speaks volumes, doesn't it? Silence like that. <clears throat> I think my happy place is uh this sounds awful. I mean, there are there are some places on Earth. Actually, where I am right now in France is pretty amazing, and 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 probably geographically my happy place. Although it's doing my head in at the moment. But um, my happy place is is sort of a state of mind, and it's I mean, this is so pretentious. God, I'm judging myself. Uh, but it's sort of making music or having made music and listening back to that music that sounds so self-indulgent not just pretentious but also uh filled with self-adulation but i really enjoy making music and i find it magic like i don't really take responsibility for it like when i make a tune and it sounds like an actual tune and you know grown up it baffles me that i've managed to do that um so i've done um particularly for my, I do another podcast called Not Today, Thank You. And, and I, I just recently I did a couple of sort of musical numbers and stuff. 
And, you know, when you have a certain moment, when you get to a certain point, making the music can be a real pain, uh, particularly writing lyrics and stuff. And you get to the sort of sweet spot where you're just putting on the twiddly bits and sweetening it and uh, and doing that and then being able to listen back to it on headphones. It's a singular delight. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so ju- ju- judge away. But then, you know, I, I'm i going to say that probably the minute I said vegan, you'd already begun that that journey. So <laughs> if that's the final nail in the coffin, then thank you and goodbye. When did you last feel alone? Uh, t- today. Um, it's long and complicated, but I'm I'm in France at the moment, which sounds it sounds really glamorous and exciting, um, and and it isn't. I'm literally here because I had to go to the post office, uh, and I'm here on my own, and that's a very unusual thing. I, I have a family and stuff, uh, and I do I do feel alone here, and I'm okay with that. I feel like it's something I probably need. I was an only child. There you go. That was the final nail. And I, I'm increasingly realizing how much I rely on solitude uh, to sort of straighten my head out a bit. I'm enjoying that. I'm only like a day in and I can feel a sort of decompression. It's, it's, it's a good feeling. Do aliens exist? Yes. I mean, they're probably in microbial form, right? You know, I could do a joke about you've seen Michael Gove, haven't you? Uh, but yeah, I mean, same answer. Micro- uh, yeah, of course they exist. I don't, you, you know, you can't, this can't be the only place. There are, it's so hard to imagine the size of the cosmos and all the different permutations. And when you look at the persistence of life, the tenacity of it, the invention of it, I, I, I yeah, there must be alien life. And yeah, to... Uh, to echo Eric Idle, do let's hope so. Are you a leader or a follower? I like to think I'm a, I'm an early follower. So I I I like to think that I I I follow. But I, I don't necessarily follow leaders, if that makes sense. There's a thing, I think, when you when you decide to become vegan, if you're not doing it because, um, actually, you've heard that nutritionally it's really great, and I just like to take care of my body. Um, if you're actually doing it for another reason, i.e. not braining a cow, which is basically a grass-eating puppy. Um, like, they're children as well. We eat the children. All of them. It's not just lambs. They're all children. Like a, a cow can live for something like 25 years and we kill them when they're like months old. Anyway, um, when you interrogate the status quo in that way, which most vegans have done, you sort of keep doing that. So you sort of keep going, well, what about uh, the environment or what about poverty? What about sexism or racism you know this is an intersectionality thing and i think um when when you do that and you sort of do i'm gonna i'm gonna get slightly slightly serious on this one when you know we tease vegans and rightly because they are mainly idiots um but 
there is a you know there is a sort of a we we've generally gone vegan because we've 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 realized that it's truly horrific inescapably horrific what we do to animals and, and once you do that and you reject that that idea of uh, happy chickens make happy eggs and happy cows make happy that there are no happy chickens or cows within the system however free range however barn reared it's it's all horrific um and once you look at that and you've seen it, you've seen it with your own eyes and you know what happens and you know that in the UK we gas pigs. In fact, you're allowed to kill piglets by whacking them against a wall. That's legal in the UK. And we put chicks in shredders alive because no one needs boy chicks because they don't lay eggs. Once you've seen that, then you're perfectly willing to reject a convention, you know, whatever the sort of social conventions are, you know, like showering. Uh, you're you're willing to reject that. And so if you see someone doing something pioneering, I don't know if they're litter picking or they're, you know, and you kind of think, actually, yeah, everyone should probably get involved in that. I'm very willing to follow that. Um, I don't necessarily always have the gumption to lead in terms of that, but I'm I'm happy to follow whoever, regardless of whether they purport to be a leader or not. Does that make sense? Like, I don't care if they're establishment or not. I'm happy to follow uh, someone that I think is worth following. That got very high horsey, didn't it? I don't know what the vegan equivalent of that is. That got very uh, overblown turnip. Bolted rhubarb. What lie do you tell yourself most often? That everything's going to be all right. (laughs) It's all going to be fine. It's sort of a running joke in my head. It'll be fine. It will be fine. Um, I don't think I believe that, but I do believe that, you know, you find a new equilibrium. Uh, everything resolves is probably a, a, a truer thing. You know, whether it's good or bad, it sort of resolves itself, doesn't it? Um, yeah, everything will be fine. It's, it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Who would your dream guest be on your podcast? Oh, Wow. It's a great question. On the Vegan Life podcast, it would be uh, Nigella Lawson, I think, who I think is deeply vegan curious. Uh, Her best chocolate cake recipe, by her own admission, um, is vegan. And I think, I I feel like she's ready to to commit. And like I said, we're always seeking to recruit. But I really like the way she cooks. I think she has this kind of great what-if approach to cooking which is just the best thing. Uh, you get trained chefs and they're taught, you know, this is how you sear, this is how you caramelize, this is what this flavor does, this is how you need to balance things. And Nigella, I feel like she's she's sort of, she's felt her way into it. You know, there's no machismo in her cooking. Um, it's all a very kind of sensory, tactile feeling, experiencing way of cooking. Like she did a thing where she she stuck an iceberg lettuce in the oven to wilt it. Um, that's not necessarily my thing, but I loved that she thought, I'm going to try that. And I, I really love that. And so much with vegan food and, and, and the whole kind of vegan cooking scene is about playing in that way. Um, I don't know if you've heard of aquafaba, which is vegan's posh way of saying bean water. So all those years you've been buying cans of chickpeas and draining them and eating the chickpeas. Whoa, you've been doing it all wrong. 
never mind the chickpeas. It's that yummy, yummy water that you want. Uh, it turns out you can whisk it and it's like egg whites and you can literally make meringues out of it. So that whole kind of invention and what if and let's try this. And um, I think she would be brilliant for that. And I'm really excited because I, I think up and coming, we've got, we've got um, like a, I'm not going to say the name because, uh, you know, I don't think that'd be fair, I, but I think they've confirmed a, a proper household name, TV celebrity chef, I think Michelin starred celebrity chef coming up on the podcast. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about him and he's not vegan. Um, and I, I think that's great. How do you make vegan Yorkshire puddings rise? <laughs> nobody knows that's like asking me if there's aliens nobody knows how you make vegan yorkshire puddings rise nobody knows um i've seen some versions but you know i was never good at non-vegan yorkshire puddings it's just not a thing i i was ever really good at <sighs> one day we'll find the answer you know but it's uh, it remains somewhat elusive um but at the same time we have learned a lot of other things with the podcast. That's all the questions completed. How did you find the experience? I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. It's sort of slightly... There's that slight sense of, well, I'm, I think I just did a joke. Um, but then there's no sort of ha-ha-ha button uh, to be depressed. Uh, you, you don't have a sort of a humour circuit in there. So I don't, you know, I've been on dates not dissimilar to this as an experience. I feel like I talked too much because I was just filling the silence and now there's going to be another one and I've got to wait for it. It's going to be like one or two seconds. And Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to style it out. I'm going to wait. I'm going to, and see, why don't you see how long you're prepared to let the silence go, okay? And we'll, we'll just we'll do it as a sort of staring competition. Okay, ready? Go. Thank you again, Jake. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It was nice to meet you. It was nice to meet you. And I was, you know what? I was, I was just about to break. If you honestly, less than a second longer and I would have, I would have, I would have lost it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcaster. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and review. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PodcasterPod. This podcast was brought to you by the Chancer Collective. Take care and until next time, goodbye. <laughs>